0: So oversubscribe, what we do is we help creators grow as a business through investment funding from their own fans on our Kickstarter-like platform. So the idea here is we have a platform that on the surface looks something like a Patreon or a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe, where fans or other members of the public can come and invest in that creator and support them in creating new content or hiring an editor or planning a new line of merch. But different from anything else out there, this wouldn't just be a one-way flow of money. It's not charity. But if that creator succeeds, the fans and the audience can succeed with them financially as well.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the WIM podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing and get real about women in business. Find us wherever you download podcasts. And of course, you can always find us at IamWIM.com. That's IamWIM, double I, dot com. All right, guys. Welcome back to the show. Um, I'm trying very specifically to hide the ends of my hair. If you're watching on Spotify or YouTube, you're going to want to because there are some other visuals later on in the episode that you're going to want to check out. The reason I'm hiding the ends of my hair is the thing that I posted on Instagram the other day. I've been going to the same Hair stylist for a little over a year I have extensions I've like fallen in love with like the new thickness of my hair through extensions and I found this local woman who she like charges a fair price she does a really good job she also does my color so she does more than a couple things well however dude I got a haircut the other day and this chick this chick forgot a section of hair So I got my hair cut very specifically right before I was going to D.C. to speak on a panel. And I'm all excited. I've got my new hair. I did my nails. Like, I'm, like, ready to go. I'm, like, feeling myself. And I get out of the shower. I dry my hair. And I straighten it. I'm like, yeah, like, look at this new length. I, like, really chopped off some length. And I see a giant chunk of hair that is much longer than the rest. I mean, when I say much, like, it was at least a couple inches, okay? It was, like, very noticeable. I'm in D.C., and, like, I'm also not about to, like, go to some random place and, like, have them chop off a piece of my hair. So I curled my hair (laughs) so you couldn't really tell. And then my flight got canceled. I won't get into the whole thing, but basically I still haven't gotten it taken care of. So I'm calling it out but because I think it's kind of funny. I mean, it's pretty funny. Wait. Oh, there it is. You could see it. Wait, hold on. I it's I'm like mirrored here. Anyways, it's there. Up oh, there, you could see it really well. Anyways, my hair is a lot longer on one side. Anyways, have any of you guys ever experienced this before? Cause some people were like, oh my god, girl, never go back to that woman. And I was like, I don't get my hair cut that often. And like she does the harder stuff really well. <laughs> which just the the extensions and the colors. So I'm gonna give her a free pass and just you know hope that it doesn't happen again like it's not that big of a deal people were like never go to her again I don't know that I would do all that anyways guys um it's good to be back it's good to be back in New York after this flight got canceled I took this very short trip to DC like I mentioned I mean I've never flown that trip before I've always taken a train or driven and it's like you're in the air for like 30 to 45 minutes it's pretty cool I took like a puddle jumper where I flew out of Newark and we took a bus to the airplane itself and you like get on, you know, you're not in the airport, you're on the tarmac. Anyways, it's fun. It was cool. It was a nice trip. DC is a really, really beautiful city. I've been there before. I have family who went there for school. So I experienced DC as a kid, but not really as an adult. It's a really lovely city. It almost like reminds me of like the nicest parts of Brooklyn, <laughs> where like Brooklyn and all of New York is like generally a little dirty, which is the charm that I enjoy. But the prettier parts of it, like all the brownstones and stuff, and that was DC to me. It was very picturesque. They had a ton of things to do. It's cool. I don't know if any of you guys are based in DC, but like I like where you live. It looks really nice. <laughs> We also, oh my gosh, you guys, I know I've been talking about this week over week, but here's the update on where these events are. I've learned a lesson. Let me clear my throat and give you a sense of what I learned so you guys can learn from me. So we have these events that we're doing all summer. It's like WIM Live, (laughs) like IRL, meet your like other WIM members, network, connect, have fun, eat, drink, be merry. It's on June 20th in LA, July 27th in New York, and we are just about to announce our Chicago date. I will announce it next week during next week's episode or on our social, if you check that. I'm a party planner now. Like I did not ever fancy myself to be one. I have become one. I have to be. Who else is going to do it? I certainly don't have the funds to hire someone. So I'm planning these events. And here's my lesson learned, guys. Don't use an outside venue that doesn't have any of the equipment or like components of the event that normally come with a venue it's I guess referred to as like an empty space an open space I don't know it's some term I'm sure again I'm not party planner over here But we got this beautiful, beautiful venue gifted to us. And I am incredibly grateful. Shout out to Hangar 4, division of DKC. Um, They donated generously our beautiful venue. It's gorgeous. That's why I went with it. It's absolutely stunning. It's LA and it's the summer. So we're doing it outside. It's going to be fantastic. However, I'm learning this. So I didn't realize that I'd have to rent a bunch of furniture, the bar, the seating, a stage, microphones, speakers, and know how to connect all of it. And I don't yet, but I'm going to figure it out by next week and I'm working the problem. So I'm learning that because the last bunch of events that we've had, they've been indoors at venues that like either we didn't need like a microphone and a speaker or it just like had that already built in. And I took those venues for granted. Our New York one, is at a venue that has all that? Uh, Their Chicago event that we're doing, is at an incredible venue that has all that stuff? So I just wish I knew this ahead of time or recognized it, realized it anyways. The event's going to be incredible. It's a completely empty space and we are filling it up with so much exciting stuff. We have a 360 photo booth. We have a headshot photo booth. We have summer. It's okay. So the theme is endless summer. So we're having like floaties around and like really awesome picturesque moments. So you can post on social, just have fun in this space. Like we're in summer. We want it to be endless summer. We wanted to feel that vibe. So that's what we're going for. Um, We have dinner. We've got a whole taco bar. It's going to be fantastic. We have drinks from a couple different sponsors that are delicious. I'm so excited for you guys to enjoy those. Huge, huge thanks to two sponsors in particular. I have to thank them because honestly, without them, this event would not be possible and certainly would not be as fun. Tagger, thank you guys so much. They are our gold sponsor and they are the reason that we have fun things like this 360 photo booth. They're giving away stuff in the gift bags. Like they're such a great sponsor. And I happen to like really believe in their product. I've used Tagger for years and we've demoed them countless times in our Best in Influencer Tech events and do so because they have a killer product. So they're our gold sponsor and also Create LLP. Seema Taluk is one of our members of WIM and she is a lawyer in the space. And so her law firm is also sponsoring this event. And you can look at our Facebook group where people are like, oh, does anyone know a lawyer? I literally recommend two people. And Seema is always one of them. I just think she's remarkable. She's really great at what she does for a variety of reasons. Like, I appreciate that she obviously knows her stuff, but like she's personable. Like she's not one of those lawyers that's like really stuffy and you just don't want to work with them. She's not that person. And I really love that about her amongst other things. So without the two of them, This event would not be possible. So thank you guys so much. And also, like I mentioned, Hangar 4 for providing us this beautiful space. I just wish that I knew I had to rent all these things to put in it. But now we're going to have cool shit, like a glow bar. I don't know if I should say that, actually. I don't know if I should say that because we're in the middle of like, do I rent the glow bar or do I rent the regular bar? I'm saying it and like, I'll let you know in a couple of weeks um, how it went and which bar we ended up with. Or you can go. I hope you guys come to these events. All you have to do is go to iamwim.com slash events. That's I-A-M-W-I-I-M dot com slash events. And you should come to them. They're fun, but more so than that, it's incredible networking opportunities. So if you're traveling through LA for VidCon, stop by our place first. If you're traveling through New York or based there, go there. And Chicago, of course, is at the end of August. And I really hope to see you guys. I'll get to see you in person, which is so nice. And if you go, please explicitly tell me that you listen to the podcast because I like my podcast listeners are like faceless people. I see numbers. I don't really know who listens until... You raise your hand and you're like, hey, listen to this week's episode. And it's the coolest thing to hear slash slightly uncomfortable for me. Something I have to get over. But it's really cool to to know who actually listens and put like a face to a number. So let me know when you go to these events. Hopefully that you also listen to the show. Um, So this week's episode, you guys, is really good. We're speaking with Peter Yang of oversubscribe. So he tells you in the intro later a little bit more about him. And I think he does a very thorough job, so I'm not going to repeat it. But I'm just going to share with you why I personally think oversubscribe is really incredible and like why you why you should definitely make a point to continue listening to this episode through the end. So, okay. I talk about this a little bit in the show, but here are my thoughts. So for any of you guys who don't know, my background is in talent management. I worked for an agency and launched their influencer division before I represented actors. I left to then start my own agency for exclusively representing influencers, sold that. And today, obviously I rub whim, but I also coach talent managers as well. And it's like one of the most fun things and rewarding things that I do. I love, love, love coaching other Business owners and managers, which are essentially owners of their own business, sometimes within another business. I bring that up because I hear I'm privy to a lot of conversations amongst managers, which is, and our manager meetups and stuff like that, which is, it's quiet out there. Like we were making, you know, six, seven figures last year at this time, you know, or overall. And basically, we're making a lot more money previously than we are now we're freaking out a little bit. We're trying to manage our creator's expectations, but also like our business is suffering. We don't make money unless they make money. What do we do? And so I am always recommending things like get into affiliate sales and make sure that your contracts can account for commissioning some of these supplemental things that are applicable, right? You know, have your influencers get on YouTube to start earning AdSense money, have them create products and merch and all sorts of additional ways to monetize because it's not smart. It is unwise to put all of your eggs in one basket when it comes to business. No successful business person is solely invested in one thing. So enter oversubscribe. One of our members who's become a good friend of mine, Desiree Martinez, introduced me to Peter. And Desiree was like, I feel like based on what Peter and oversubscribe are doing, you guys should have a conversation. Power of networking, right? So Peter and I connected and he started telling me all about oversubscribe, which we'll get into in this episode. But essentially, it's a way for creators to fund their businesses through their fans. And so, okay, you're thinking, you know, is this like a Patreon or something similar? It's like it, but the reason that it's even better is because oversubscribe facilitates a way for then if after they fund you, after they contribute to your business, and then at that point, if your business grows and it's more successful because of that fundraise, their follower invested in you and actually gets a piece of your business, it's a win-win situation. It doesn't feel like begging for money. And it actually feels as if you're empowering the followers to invest in me, like make a business decision and say like, I want to you know, hire another editor for my videos or I want to do a whole new series around travel, let's say. And like, I'd love for you guys to help me be able to do that. And if you do and my business keeps growing and growing because I know that it will, because I know that this content is going to succeed, then you actually get X percentage of those earnings for a set period of time. It's really cool. And so I've heard of this concept. This concept isn't new, but this concept has been in the Web3 world where the currency that's being exchanged is cryptocurrency. And off the bat, that is going to eliminate at least half your audience from wanting to opt in. It might feel scammy or they just don't understand it or they just have no idea how to like get crypto, deal with crypto. I'm like a pretty tech savvy person. And I remember the first time that I was getting Crypto like into my like MetaMask wallet, I was like, this is bizarrely confusing. So, anyways, it's not that we're talking US dollars here. We're talking about like cash money that everybody has. It's a very, very powerful concept. And so, especially for managers, I just feel like it's like creators will come to you and basically say, What have you done for me lately? And I always want to arm you guys with tools. To be able to go to your creators and say, I have this great company that you absolutely need to look into because they look to you as the guiding star (laughs) to be able to grow their business and make all the right decisions. In my opinion, oversubscribe is a very good decision um, for growing and infusing cash into their business. And plus, like getting your engaged fans even more engaged because now they feel connected even in a business sense to you because they're going to be earning and they're probably going to promote your content or your creator's content now because you're mutually benefiting. The more success that you have, they have it as well. Anyways, it's brilliant, guys. And it's also so refreshing because it's kind of like you don't hear You certainly don't hear about this often, Right this isn't super prevalent in the industry. And I love when business people are coming into the creator economy and doing something different. (laughs) Too many people are doing the same goddamn thing. So I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this episode. It's about an hour long. I hope you guys enjoy it. Let me know what you think. And also come to our in-person events. IamWim.com slash events. Don't miss out. You are going to kick yourself. All right. Now enjoy Peter. Peter, I have been looking forward to having this conversation with you. I'm super excited to just learn more about you, to learn more about the really cool stuff that you guys are doing over at Oversubscribe, how our members can benefit from all the cool stuff that you're doing at Oversubscribe, and everything else. But first and foremost, welcome to the show and thank you for being here.
0: Well, thanks. Thanks, Jesse. And first of all, we're delighted to be here as well. Excited to I've been excited to get to know you and Stacy and the team over at WIM and excited to be able to get on the podcast and speak to your audience because we do think they're uh, some of the people who might have the best perspective on what we're doing and how we're trying to help creators. So thank you for having us and excited to have this conversation.
1: Same here. I think a perfect place to start is I would like for our audience to learn a little bit more about you, your background. And what, in my opinion, makes you so uniquely positioned and perfectly positioned for your role today at Oversubscribe. So tell us a little bit more about you.
0: I appreciate it, Jesse. So uh, we're we're a company that's based out here in New York, but I am not a lifelong New Yorker. Uh, I moved out here about six years ago to do this company and uh, to make the move out here. But prior to that, I was out in the Bay Area for about 15 years. I lived in Silicon Valley and worked largely in the tech world. I'm more on the finance side. Uh, so I started out my career in uh, what's called equity research or stock research. So if you're ever watching CNBC and you see uh, Jim Cramer say, you know, the Morgan Stanley analyst upgraded Google to a buy from a hold. Uh, that was my boss. And we were covering enterprise software companies, business software companies, and getting to know those companies really well while living on the Bay Area. So I did that at Goldman Sachs and then moved over uh, with the senior analyst I was working with over to Citigroup. And it was a great job. Really, uh, even the skills I learned there. I uh, still play into what we're doing here today with Oversubscribe. So it was a great foundation for my career. Uh, after that, I actually moved over into a world that's even closer to what we're doing as a startup here. I was in the venture capital world for a while. Uh, so at a firm called Emergence Capital Partners. So wasn't a well-known firm there. It was just starting out. I was actually uh, the first non-partner, the first non-founder to join the firm on the investment team there. And this company, uh, this VC firm, was actually unique in that I really had a strong thesis about how it wanted to invest and what it wanted to do. And, you know, had this big thesis about this new development in technology called the cloud. <laughs> they happened to make the right bet and uh, succeeded wildly and ended up investing in Salesforce.com and in Zoom and Box and then a company called Viva Systems, which really did really well for them as well. Uh, so really got to know the startup world really well there. The last role out there was at a company called Corel, uh, which is... a global software company at that time was owned by a big investment firm. And I was part of what's called the corporate development team where we were acquiring other companies to help Corel to continue to grow. Uh, So we're acquiring small startups or we're taking pieces of other companies and integrating that into our company. And that really ended up feeding all that we're doing here uh, with Oversubscribe and that uh, you know, in different ways, I was uh, connected to the tech world and the, the finance world, but also the startup world. We started to see that a lot of the tools Uh, we learned about in business and in finance could really be used in a lot of different arenas, including for individuals who are starting and really growing in their careers as creators. So we can get into that more, obviously, in terms of oversubscribe. But as you were saying, uh, when I look back now, you know, there's nothing to really say that all those uh, skills and all that experience would really be something that would be a package in the end that would help creators. But all those experiences really tie into what we're doing here and all the ways we're looking to empower up-and-coming creators and established creators that oversubscribe so that's kind of my journey i also have a co-founder his name's jay you know he comes more from the wall street side of things he is a lifelong new yorker himself though we're actually old friends uh we met as undergrads uh way back in the day as our much skinnier selves back uh at mit uh we've been friends for more than 20 years but jay kind of went the more the uh technology and finance route in a different way so he actually started off as a programmer and then went into uh, the pure Wall Street side of things. So he worked at firms like Credit Suisse and Proella Weinberg. And what he did was trade and structure really kind of complicated securities and uh, found ways to build those products and uh, trade those on Wall Street. So again, that really ties into what we're doing for creators at Overscribe, how we're trying to help them uh, with the funding they need. So again, as Jay was trading all these complex securities with other traders on Wall Street, Uh, He probably didn't think that that would be something that could help creators, but we found a way to use all of that here to really be the foundation of what we're doing at Overscriptscribe. So yeah, uh, did all down the Bay Area, moved out here about six years to New York. Uh, Love being out here on the East Coast, was actually born out here, but never really lived in the city. So it's been great being out here and building the company here. We actually have a small office right here in the heart of the city in Midtown. And we've been hard at work on this uh, and building this platform and this solution here at Overscripts.
1: So I would venture to say that the creator economy needs more people like you guys, right? Because while some people might be listening to all of that extensive experience and being like, but how does it tie in? Wait, there's more because we're going to be telling you exactly more about what Oversubscribe does and how it perfectly ties into the creator economy. But I would also venture to say like we need more people like you guys. Why? Because I'm privy to lots of conversations on the creative side, right? Like, especially I'm a former talent manager myself and I still coach managers to this day. And like, managers are like the backbone, in my opinion, of a lot of creator businesses. Um, They get to a certain point where they're like, oh my gosh, I can justify having management. Managers want me and let's do this together. But then a lot of managers sort of get stuck in that like, I'm going to negotiate and facilitate partnerships and lots of value there, tons of value there. In fact, one can argue that's like a majority of creator earnings for a significant amount of time. But what I hear from a lot of people is that like cut to, you know, the time that we're now and budgets are getting a little bit smaller and creators are just perhaps even like wanting more and more and more and not to sort of like put all their eggs in one basket. And so I've been privy to other conversations where managers, in particular, creators are like, how do I diversify? Like, how do I put my eggs in other baskets? How else could I monetize? How could I build community more so, maximize my community more? All the things. And so when you and I connected through another member of WIM, um, and she recommended that we we connect, shout out to Desiree, I knew exactly why she put us in touch, because we were telling me all about what you guys do. I was like, this is great. And because it has to do with, you know, getting money, um, having your background, having your partner's background is in- in integral. So I would love for you to tell us, I guess, first, like, now that you're in the creator economy, what do you love so much about it? And tell us a little bit more about because I know everybody's dying to hear.
0: Sure. I mean, it's been an exciting time for us to really uh, become part of the creator economy, really dig into things here. And the thing that I like about it the most is just how innovative it is. Uh, So obviously the creativity you see from the creators and uh, all the different types of content, all the different concepts they bring to life through their content. It's always so exciting to see and trends that we all see and that we all follow and do you think about what goes into that both from the product side but also the content side that's uh, one of the most innovative places out there and that's being said by somebody who comes from a tech background who lived down in silicon valley but the amount of innovation and creativity you see uh, from different creators of all sizes it's just always a lot of fun to see and it's a fun place to work and it's always exciting to see from a business perspective as well um, and you know as we see that we see again and again more of the buzzword kind of the catchphrase we've all heard uh, kind of in this market is, you know, creators are the new startups. And we hear that. And that's definitely part of it, that creators themselves are so innovative, that they're so creative in what they do. Uh, just like startups in the business world, they are bringing innovation and creativity into the world for new products that we can use. Creators are doing much the same thing in this world. Uh, but beyond that, we think that analogy of creators being the new startups, it has a lot of uh, crossovers into into the business world. And that's really the, the principle that underlies our business here. So oversubscribe, what we do, is we help creators uh, grow as a business through investment funding from their own fans on our Kickstarter-like platform. So the idea here is we have a platform that on the surface looks something like a Patreon or a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe, uh, where fans or other members of the public can come and invest in that creator and support them in creating new content or hiring an editor or planning a new line of merch, and they can support them through that. But different from anything else out there, uh, this wouldn't just be a one-way flow of money. It's not a donation. It's not charity. It's not just for perks. But if that creator succeeds, the fans and the audience can succeed with them financially as well. So the way this works is the creator chooses to share a certain percentage of the revenue they make, of the money they make from their content and the rest of their business as a creator, uh, for a certain number of years. So it might be 10% of revenue. And then for a certain number of time, so that might be for five years or 3% of revenue for seven years. Whatever it might be, the creator can choose those terms and then share that back uh, to the supporters, to the investors as their investment return. As we got to know creators and in building this product, uh, we spoke with probably more than 100 people, uh, 100 creators and folks in the creator economy, including Jesse, uh, as we were building out this product and seeing what the needs of creators were. Uh, what we saw again and again were one way to think about creators is they are a one-person startup, a one-person business. Uh, and you know we're out actually speaking with VCs right now uh, for our own company and looking to raise money for ourselves as well. And one of the slides we put together for our presentation there, we took a look at all the roles, a typical YouTuber might play just as one example. And when we broke it down, we were able to identify 19 different roles that a single YouTuber might play. So that might be anything from, you know, on-screen talent to uh, the script writer for their videos, to the editor, to a graphic designer to make the thumbnail and the transitions. Uh, everything to negotiating brand deals with companies and reviewing agreements. And then if they're selling merch, they're managing a Shopify store and being a merchandiser there. Uh, So, you know, everyone kind of takes it for granted that creators can do this and do this well. But if you step back, it's pretty amazing. These are 19 different roles uh, that at a production studio that was making content would probably be 19 different people playing all these roles. But creators are amazing folks in that they're able to learn these things and do these all themselves. Uh, but the insight that we saw was just like startups, as creators start to grow, their needs start to change and things that they can handle when they were smaller and might not be things that work for them when they get bigger. Or on the flip side, as they grow bigger, uh, and increase in their audience or subscriber count, they might be presented with new opportunities where if they had some money uh, and some capital up front, they could really take advantage of those opportunities for their audience and with their audience and really get a high return on that investment if they had the capital up front. From what we've seen from most creators out there, the big thing is that the sources of funding right now uh, that are available to creators are suboptimal in a lot of ways. So, you know, most creators, when they think about it, if we use the startup analogy, you know, there's two ways for you to fund a business. One would be through getting outside funding, whether that's a loan or uh, whether that's money from a venture capitalist or angels. Uh, The other way is to bootstrap yourself, as they say in the startup world. That's to use the money you make and the money you earn and save that up. Uh, and then spend that on your expenses when you have enough saved. And that's a very viable way to do it. It's the safest way to do it. But as we all know, that might mean you miss some opportunities uh, that you see in front of you or uh, that you might have needs that you aren't able to cover right now. But if you were able to, for example, as a YouTuber, hire an editor to take that 15 to 28 hours a week and free those up so you could do other things, you might be able to grow more quickly if you had that capital up front. So right now, you know, there are kind of the more uh, donation based platforms like a a Patreon or a Kickstarter or the tip-based solutions. You know, and speaking with more than 100 creators and folks in the creator economy, you know, we heard some level of discomfort with that system in everybody kind of recognizing the one-way flow of cash there. Most creators we spoke with were a little sheepish in terms of offering that up to their audience, uh, just recognizing that fact. And then we saw the response wasn't always what people hoped for there. You know, and then in terms of other alternatives, you can't really still walk into a Chase bank branch uh, to get a small business loan as a creator, even though creators, as we're saying, are really small businesses. It's just one person, but it's a real small businesses with revenue and with expenses and with uh, different assets that you have as part of that business. But bankers still haven't learned that business and uh, haven't found a way to underwrite those loans yet. So we've even spoke with very successful creators uh, with hundreds of thousands of subscribers, and they actually tried to get a bank loan, a small business loan, to fund some things they were looking to do with their content. That didn't work for them. Uh, So, you know, we've come in with this solution where we know that there's uh, creators who could benefit from and are looking for funding to help them to do all different kinds of things, which we can talk about in a second, Jesse. But uh, what we can do is help them raise that money and give the returns back to the people who care about them the most. Uh, And that's their own fans who are already invested in them with their time, already invested in them emotionally and want to support them in their growth because that growth already benefits those fans and that audience uh, because they'll get new content, better content, maybe more content, maybe more ways to engage with their favorite creator. Uh, So these are the folks who can and uh, want to support their favorite creator. And we found a good way to balance that equation in terms of the flow of money where the fans can support their favorite creator. But if that creator goes and uh, succeeds wildly through that investment that the fans and the investors can share in that success as well. Because everybody has a story of a donation-based kind of campaign, whether that's a Kickstarter or kind of a Uh, membership-based campaign or something for perks where they put money in and then the creator or that product business went on to make millions of dollars. uh, But because it wasn't a true investment, uh, maybe the only thing that the supporter got was this t-shirt, right? So uh, we want to balance that equation a little better for everybody in a way that really excites everyone, where everyone feels good about it. And that's really what we're looking to do here at Oversubscribe.
1: I just think it's the coolest concept because I... I have been on both ends of it because also just as like a fan, as a subscriber to someone's channel, I want to be able to support them in a more meaningful way and also feel more connected to them. Also be like a part of their journey. Like that would be the coolest thing ever for some of the people that I like really like fangirl over. (laughs) And so I think it's important to just like take off our industry hat sometimes and put on the hat of like, I'm just another follower. I'm a consumer of this content too. And what would that experience be like for me? So I can rattle off a few people just quickly off the top of my head that I'm like, if they offered something like this, like I would totally sign up because it sort of checks a few boxes for me. I think like as like a 36 year old woman, like I'm also looking for like, how do I more wisely invest my money? And like, I believe in the creator economy. And if I follow certain people that I like am obsessed with their content, like I believe in them. And it's like, it's twofold, right? Because I think of it as like, here's my support. So that's like the GoFundMe part, right? Like, here's my money in support. But also like, I fancy myself like somewhat financially like savvy and and I would like to invest in you as well. So then there's that potential for return because I've identified someone that I think is really maybe gonna pop off or could really change their business if I had the opportunity to support maybe this one aspect of it. And I see that a lot with certain creators where all creators start at zero followers, all creators start without management, all creators start basically from the same place. And not all creators have the resources to be able to grow quickly as some other ones. And so I think that like also fundamentally, it's a really great tool that I really truly believe will like improve the creator economy because it's giving them faster and like really powerful access to be able to like amplify their own businesses in ways that I don't necessarily know that they thought were possible before. I am such a believer of it. Yeah. Did you want to chime in? I want to hear what you have to say about that part. <laughs>
0: no, we appreciate that, Jesse. And it's always great to hear that from you and the folks uh, we've met through you and that this isn't just an idea Jay and I sat down and thought up here uh, at our office, but this really resonates uh, with creators for sure. And In particular, you know, we think the folks you brought together and WIM in this community we've built, these are some of our favorite people to talk to, which is why I'm so excited to be here and that they, in some ways, even more fully understand uh, the problem we're solving, uh, you know, and the unique way we're solving it, even more so than an individual creator because, you know, managers or influencer marketing folks, they see a broad uh, spectrum of folks and they have a broad view of the industry and they see creators and influencers in all different kinds of situations. And they understand the needs uh, because they have a much larger sample size. So we found that speaking with managers and working with managers in some ways is a great way for us to work with creators. And that part of the reason uh, we've built this product, uh, but also the part of the reason we're looking to meet creators in different ways is we recognize creators aren't necessarily uh, natural business people on their own, even though it's uh, so impressive that so many of them build significant revenue uh, just through AdSense and just through incoming brand deals or Uh, maybe in selling merch, that they don't know necessarily every aspect of business or every aspect of finance. And they shouldn't need to necessarily, because uh, that's not really what's going to differentiate them in the market in the end. It's really their content and what they're bringing to their fans and what they're bringing uh, to the world in terms of their content here. But in terms of what we can do, we love speaking with the managers because, you know, they've built a trusted relationship with the creators they work with. And the creators trust them on the business front to understand these concepts that we're bringing to them and then uh, to help them make a decision. So we've had had very productive conversations with managers. Uh, We love speaking with them because we can oftentimes go a level deeper in our conversations with them than the conversations we have with certain types of creators as well. Uh, So that's part of the reason I'm excited to be here. Uh, But in terms of what we're doing and how we can help creators, there's so many ways that creators can use the money that we're helping them to raise. And it's just really just limited by your creativity. In some ways, creators don't think of these options uh, because they think of themselves still more as kind of as an individual and more as a consumer when in fact they can be thinking about themselves as a business that they're looking to build uh you know the great thing now these days in the creator economy here is they have great examples to look to about uh what that looks like you know when you look at for example like mr beast or the try guys they aren't doing it on their own uh you know they're getting outside help to do that they aren't just uh you know using kind of just playing through the algorithm but they're really thinking about uh how they're putting the content out and doing some analysis there they're upgrading their equipment for example or the They're hiring freelancers and they're hiring a team. They're building out products to build out additional revenue streams or a course or merch or, you know, there's all different ways. So really what you're just limited by there is your creativity. But if you can think of ways that it's going to increase your own productivity as a creator uh, or if there's ways to think where you might be able to stand up new revenue streams, some outside funding might make sense. And again, if your fans are going to benefit from that, for example, even hiring an editor, most people think, oh, that's just money that's going out the door. But at the end, if the purpose there is to uh, free up that 15 to 20 hours for you, so then the editor can help you actually get shorts up on TikTok, which has been so hard for you to do just because you're so limited with your own time. But also it might mean you could post your long form videos more frequently, up your frequency of posting from once a week or once every 10 days to maybe twice a week. Uh, And then you could actually start speaking with brands on an outreach basis rather than just waiting for incoming deals. Uh, This could free up to do a lot. So Even in thinking of something like that, like an editor, where you think mostly of the cost, that can really help you to grow as a creator and grow as a business. Uh, So, you know, we have all different kinds of use cases for folks we speak with. And a lot of the times, the easiest way to think about it is if you just think, oh, if I had the money, I would do this, and I know it'd have a huge effect for me. And if you're waiting to save up for it, this might be a way to uh, accelerate that process for you, just like with a startup, and then also help you to take advantage of the opportunities you see right now, which might not always be there, because this is a fast-moving world, as we said about. Uh, What we love about it is so innovative, but the flip side of that is in an innovation kind of world, things move quickly and they change quickly and you got to strike while your ad's hot as well. So we want to help people to do that uh, and help them as businesses to grow in that way. And, you know, even when we take a step back, we are a mission driven business here as a company. So even broader than just this platform that we've built are the ways we try to help creators. We want to help everybody we work with reach their full potential, regardless of where they're starting off from, regardless of their socioeconomic situation. And that's really the mission here at Oversubscribe. We definitely try to do that, obviously, with the creators we work with and even with their audience who's helping to invest in them. That's also how we think about things with our team or folks we partner with or people we're working with in other ways. Uh, But that's definitely what we're trying to do for creators. And we know creators are coming from all different kinds of backgrounds, all different levels of experience. So one thing that helps to level that playing field is this funding. If somebody's coming from a life situation or a background where they might not have a lot of money in the bank or... They might not have family money who can help them to pay some of these expenses that would really help them to accelerate their career. They have another group of people out here who want to support them, and that's uh, this audience that they've worked so hard to build. So working together with their audience, they can raise that funding to help them to grow in a way that might not be available to otherwise. But the other thing we've built, uh, I do want to get to you, Jesse, is the second part of our solution is not just the fundraising platform. So in speaking to that more than 100 uh, creators we spoke to in building the product, Another uh, big need we heard was people saying, "This is fantastic. I can think of so many ways I can use money that I raise, and I think it's really going to help me." But I still have a lot of questions about that growth you're talking about—growing as a business and reaching the next level as a creator and reaching my full potential. You know, there's still holes in my knowledge here, and I would really love some guidance here, some advice, uh, some mentorship, and how to get to that next level. I might have 10,000 subscribers right now. I can see from the outside what the people with 100,000 subscribers or a million subscribers are doing uh, from the outside, but I don't necessarily know what steps they're taking behind the scenes to get there. Can you help me with that? So we heard that loud and clear. And what we've done is actually built out something for after you raise the money. And that's uh, what we call our network of creator mentors. And these are really top tier folks from the creator economy who are some of the best of the best at what they do. And they're helping our folks in all different kinds of areas. And it's really here to kind of complement and augment Uh, If they're working with the manager already, it really augments the role of the manager, really helps to fill in some of the blanks, really helps the manager to really focus on what they do best, while we help the creator to kind of fill in some of that baseline knowledge uh, that's going to help them reach the next level. So for example, we have some folks who are some of the best at producing YouTube content out there. They're actually two OG YouTube creators, and they've set up a content studio called uh, BMP Creative, which does YouTube content for all kinds of folks. But just to give you a sense for how good they are, they're the folks who do all of Netflix's YouTube content. So anything you see on the on the Netflix channel on YouTube, that's not like a trailer from the studio, but that's like a reaction video or an interview with a celebrity or any of the fun creative videos they do. That's all coming from our friends at BMP who are now on board and are creator mentors for the creators who work with us and really giving them the tips and tricks about how to build great content on YouTube and how to reach that next level as a creator. We also have folks who can help with brand deals, not in a way that really conflicts with anything a manager would do, uh, but we have somebody named Keeley who was at an agency before and has done deals with both large creators and small creators. Uh, you know, The micro-influencers, small as 10,000 subscribers, but also the macro and the macro-influencers. She's done deals for Charlie D'Amelio and Bella Porch, so two of the top three on TikTok. So she's just really helping those folks that come in with wanting to sharpen their brand strategy or maybe for somebody without representation just trying to get a better sense for how to navigate the brand world uh, and really helping them to figure out what kind of brands to focus on uh, and uh, how to speak with those brands. And we've had her meet with managers as well. And that's always been a super productive conversation because they could put their heads together, maybe thinking new ideas that just the creator and, and the manager can't think of on their own. Uh, so those are just two of our sets of creator mentors. We also have folks helping with the longer term strategy for a channel or an account. Uh, we have very experienced creators who have millions of subscribers who are helping our creators get to where they are out of their own experience. Uh, So, you know, we're really excited about being able to help creators in this way. You know, we're not just here to help creators raise that money and then we would walk away having made our money and leaving creators on their own. We're here to see creators succeed long-term. We wanna do everything we can to set them up to do that. That includes uh, putting a lot of work into building out this top tier network of creator mentors uh, to really put creators on a path to succeed to really change the trajectory of their careers and the time they work with
1: us. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Just popping in to remind you to check out Women in Influencer Marketing, the membership community. So if you're enjoying this podcast, this is just a sliver of all that we are. So we have a mentorship program. We have casting opportunities. We have 24-7 community forums. We have events, in real life, virtual masterclasses, and so much more. Those women who join our membership have had amazing things to say. We've been around since 2017. And if you're not a part of it, you are absolutely missing out. So I encourage you to check out our website, iamwim.com and learn all about us. dot mcom If you go to the events page also, you'll see that we have a regular event. Get the most out of your membership. It's for new members, but it's also for those of you who might be curious, like, what is WIM? Do I have a place there? How do I fit in? Come join. I'm there live. So are lots of other people. And it's a cool opportunity for me to teach you all about what we have to offer. Also, giving you this freebie, we actually give away a month free when you attend. So if you're interested in not only learning about WIM, but also experiencing a whole month free, definitely check it out. You can go to our website again. It's iamwim.com. That's dot com. Sign up for our next event. And I look forward to seeing you hopefully around the WIM community. I love the mentorship piece so much because like you said, it could be easy for you guys to just sort of say, "Up, oh, we built this product. We're helping you guys fund and like bon voyage, like enjoy, good luck to you. So I think it really speaks to sort of like the, I don't know, the character of you guys and like your company that you're also thinking um, more holistically. And so influencers are, Coming to you guys for more than one thing, you know, they're coming to you guys really just for like an elevation of their business and for business support. And I think that, like, I don't know, I can speak personally too. Like, when I first got into business, like, I didn't really think about the team as much, and I don't think influencers necessarily think like that. If anything, they think like, I don't know, I get a manager and like that's my team. (laughs) And I think that that's a common misconception because. Everybody ideally should be sort of like specialized in their area of expertise and come to the table as a team member. And so for you guys, I think of you as like the team member for growth, the team member for, you know, um, financial growth very specifically, but also, you know, with this mentorship program, it's really incredible that they're also able to learn from others who have paved the way for them. And a lot of it just sounds like they're being given access to so many things through you guys, which I just think is a very powerful thing. So let's talk about this, though. Like, assume that I know nothing about oversubscribe and I'm a creator. I'm like, all right, this sounds great. Like, I will press the I believe button. Like, this sounds awesome. Let's do it. So what can creators expect when they opt in to oversubscribe? And, you know, there are a lot of managers listening to this as well. So what can they expect when they opt in? What are first steps? What do they see?
0: Yeah. So right now, I mean, we are very much focused on the creator and we look to provide a really kind of white glove experience for them. So uh, we would get on a Zoom call with them, actually, and just find out where they are as a creator, look to get to know them. and kind of what their goals are and what their needs are and uh, what steps they're looking to take. And they might not necessarily have in mind, you know, how they want to spend money. But most creators we talk to have a sense for what's holding them back or what they would do, you know, if they had more resources or uh, what the hardest part about being a creator is for them right now. So, for example, I would say in terms of the earliest creators we're working with, uh, you know, a lot of them, it really it is that they're YouTubers who are saying editing just takes so much of my time and you know, for people who aren't in the YouTube world, they don't realize how detailed and how painstaking this editing process is. You know, they think it's like doing a collage in PowerPoint that just animates things. But it's a very, very detailed process. So the numbers we heard are like 15 to 20 hours a week uh, for a 15 to 20 minute video that I'm posting weekly. Uh, so that takes up most of your free time outside your normal job if you're an up-and-coming creator. So these folks will tell us kind of what they're struggling with and what their needs are. And then we'll figure out then uh, what they may be, might be able to raise money for and where they may be able to use that money together. So, you know, if it's for an editor, we can help them to raise whether it's $10,000 to do it for a few months or $20,000 or even more to do that. And then we'll also, if they need help getting connected to one, uh, we have resources there to help connect them as well to do something like that. So the first part is just to get on a call with us and get to know one another. Uh, we like to answer any questions that the creator or their manager has about us uh, and about what we're doing and why we're doing and how we're doing it. But also, we just love getting to know creators because Every creator is so unique and their stories are so unique, and we love just getting to know them, uh, even regardless of whether we work together or not, because we learn a lot from every one of those conversations. So I would love to speak with anybody who's interested, even if they're trying to figure out if this is something that fits their needs or not. But one thing we have found in all those conversations we've had with creators is a lot of them would say this to me. They would say, Peter, this sounds amazing. We think you're going to be a huge success. And I think a lot of creators are going to work with you, and I'll see a lot of success with their audiences. But I'm not sure if my own audience is going to go for this because, you know, we have a very good relationship. They trust me a lot. Uh, we have a very special relationship. So I have to be very careful about the financial kind of things that I bring to them. Uh, I'm not sure how they're going to respond. So I, I want to be a little cautious here. Now, uh, the funny thing is that we hear that from all kinds of creators, even the most successful creators. And one of our creator mentors and one of our advisors actually. He spoke to us and he said, it's kind of a paradox, actually. A lot of creators are actually very conservative in their business decisions, even though they've kind of taken this high-risk career path or are undertaking this high-risk undertaking. Now, the reason being, they know they're a one-of-one and what they're doing very much depends on their relationship with their audience and on the brand they've built. And they don't want to put that at risk, which is exactly the right way to think about that. So rather than trying to convince people otherwise, what we said is, okay, let's try to address that question. And the way we've done that is through something we call our audience interest pool. So this is a website we help put up together with the creator, uh, where the creator themselves says in their own voice, both in text and in a, maybe in a video if they want to, they would just say, hey, I'm looking to do a new type of content. Maybe I wanna do some travel content uh, and I need some money for that. Or hey, I'm looking to hire an editor so you guys can get more TikToks and more shorts and I could put out more content by freeing up some time for you guys. Or hey, I'm looking to do more live meetups with you. Or hey, I'm looking to uh, launch this new line of merch. And I'm looking to see if you guys would want to support that. But the great thing now is I got to know this company called Oversubscribe and different from anything else out there. If you actually support me on Oversubscribe, it won't just be a one-way flow of money like it is on those platforms we know and have tried to use before. If you support me through Oversubscribe, if I succeed, you can succeed financially as well because I will share some of the money I make back to you as your investment return. And then they just ask the question, are you interested in supporting me in this way? Yes or no? Uh, And then they get a sense then for if their audience is willing to support them. And the audience can also give, you know, their best guess at the dollar amount they would invest if they want to. But they can also say they're not comfortable sharing that right now. And all this is additional data then for the creator to figure out whether to move forward with this investment offering that we call a creator public offering, a CPO, like an IPO for a creator. Uh, And the idea then would be the creator might say, ah, I'm actually not sure if the support's there right now to raise the money I'm looking to raise. Or actually, we might say, hey, we're not sure if that level of support is really going to help you uh, raise enough money to hire that editor right now. Why don't you try these two or three things for the next few months? And then we can circle back and see if that's the time that's right for you. But more likely where we end up is we would say, hey, uh, both us and the creator would say, hey, these numbers are great. Uh, Actually, the creators we work with, they've been very encouraged by this process because you don't get a lot of this kind of uh, feedback from your audience or your subscribers in terms of the depth of their engagement, how much they might be willing to invest in you to support you like this. So creators has been very encouraged by that process. But the most likely outcome is we sit down together afterwards and we say, hey, this looks like it could work. And then we can also then set the amount of money the creator will try to raise and what the different purposes for that are. And then we can move forward with that, with that extra data. So that's called our audience interest poll that we run as a very low risk, uh, low commitment way for a creator to see if this might work with their audience. And the great thing is because they don't talk about dollar amounts, they don't talk about a percentage of revenue or anything, you know, they don't even have to mention it to their fans again if they don't, they're not seeing the support they want to see. Or they can just say, hey, uh, we talked with the oversubscribe and it didn't seem like it was the right time. So we'll see if it's the right time later for this and just move on from it. So we give kind of creators and their managers a really low risk way uh, to really see if we're the right solution for them through this audience interest pool. So anyone who's interested, we'd encourage you just to get in touch with us and have that conversation on Zoom and see if it makes sense to run this poll just to see what the level of interest is out there. And in some ways it's just a great way to engage with the fans because we ask for email addresses. Uh, A lot of times folks don't even get that information through other channels, but people are very willing to share it through something like this. And it might build a, a foundation for creators to engage with their folks in other ways as well. So the audience interest poll is a key part of our process for the creator to really address some of those questions, maybe some of those fears they have about would this work in a very low risk way. So we always do that first, uh, even the agreement you, we signed with the creator and their team would just be for that audience interest poll first. And, you know, if it doesn't work out the way people hope, then uh, that's it. Uh, no more commitment. But then if uh, the results are great there, then we would sign another agreement to move ahead uh, with the creator public offering. And the important thing to note here is we hold uh, the creator and their team's hand all the way through the process. So before the CPO and during the CPO, during that investment fundraise and after the CPO, we are working uh, intimately with the creator. And managing that process and guiding them through the process so all kind of the documents you need before the cpo we have those documents on hand are ready for the creators to use you don't have to hire a lawyer separately from this you can use those documents and review those uh, and use those to raise the funding we help the creators to set up an llc that's the vehicle for the fundraising and the important thing to note here is the way we do it we're not using crypto we're not just throwing up a solution to do this we went through a very long process with the SEC to make this a regulated investment platform. So because of that, you can uh, have some security in knowing this is fully regulated. This is not uh, kind of an unregulated web three kind of solution, but we're a fully regulated solution where we help you set up a company. If you don't have that already, if you have an LLC already, we can work with that as well. And these investments happen just like you would invest in any other company and the returns coming out of that company in the way it would to for any other business. And then after the CPO, after you've raised the money and after you've kind of invested in that the things you're hoping to invest in in your career, and starting to see those returns, uh, that revenue share that goes back to your investors, we can manage that for you as well on the back end. So you're not sitting at your kitchen table writing checks to your fans in Malaysia. Uh, we can handle all that for you uh, through kind of the flow of funds through the company. So kind of to your question, Jesse, it's a very guided process. Again, creators shouldn't be worried about the complexity here. We try to make it about as easy for them as a Patreon in the end uh, because we do allow the work for them. So we can help them to raise the money, We can give them a way to find out whether it's right for them through our audience interest pool uh, in a very low risk way. And then after the fundraise, they'll have the funding to invest in their career. And then they'll also get access to our whole network of creator mentors who, in addition to the money, can help them to change the trajectory of their careers.
1: I'm I'm so into it. I was actually going to ask you that about what you mentioned last. I'm happy that you touched on it because I was like, okay, so like after you raise all this money how do you track all the the payments back? And like, that sounded like a nightmare. So the fact that you guys handle that as well, like, okay, that makes me, <laughs> that puts me more at ease. So the process itself, I'm curious about because I can imagine that, you know, you have this finite period of time. I'm curious how long it is. But then once you are like raising these funds, like a really exciting time and a very pivotal time. So I can imagine that like if you're halfway through and maybe you're not seeing the results that you wanted, for example, as a creator, I would be like, maybe I need to, you know, put a reel out or some stories to explain it better or like put it out there even more like you can adjust as you're raising funds. So I'd love to hear like how the period of time that you're raising looks like how much visibility do I have into it? Um, and how long it is also.
0: Sure. So um, these are all fantastic questions, Jesse. They're the right questions to ask from a practical perspective. So in terms of raising your funding, because we are fully regulated, there is some process around that. Um, And it has to be at least for 21 days. Uh, And we could work with the creator and their team on how many days within that 21 days things are kind of available to the public and what that looks like. But we have to keep it open for 21 days at least. And that's usually the right amount of time because what we found is a uh, big thing here is the creator is the one promoting this to their own audience. Because, again, if I came on and, you know, if you show some ads with our team on it, uh, the audience would be like, who are these guys? Why should I do this? But the creator is the one promoting it and encouraging their folks to support them. Because, you know, the fans, not only will they get an investment return, they'll also get more new, better content or merch or whatever it might be. And another part of it is also uh, for the fans, you know, we also encourage the creators to also offer perks as well. The big thing here being, you know, we don't want the fans who are supporting their creator here to just think about this as a financial transaction for them to see, you know, the creator just as this financial person on the other side of the table that they're trying to work with here. But we want this to be everybody rowing in the same direction and a way for the fans to support their favorite creator. So we encourage the creator to also offer exclusive perks through the CPO as well. Um, And why not just show you this, Jesse? Actually, I think we can uh, do a screen share here of one of the uh, CPOs we actually did here. So this is a creator... Uh, who's one of our early CPOs, who actually, as you can see here on the page, it says he successfully was able to raise the money he was looking to raise. So this is Mike Zakarian. His channel is called Team Hold on YouTube, and he's a live streamer uh, and a daily streamer. But unlike most streamers, he's not a gaming streamer. What Mike streams about every day is the NBA and basketball. So uh, he's really built a really loyal uh, and really engaged community of folks around his daily stream. Sometimes he'll stream two or three times a day. And when we first spoke with Mike, he had about 6,500 subscribers on his YouTube channel, which is actually probably a little smaller than generally what we look to target. We look to target and help people uh, who are already making some money, uh, both on AdSense and through some brand deals. And Mike did have that already. And we found later on, as we worked with him, you know, streaming numbers are different than uh, kind of regular YouTube channel numbers because the folks are much, much more engaged. But Mike uh, had about 6,500 subscribers when we first met him, and what he was looking to do was... Hire an editor. So, Mike has tons of footage because he is streaming every day, sometimes two or three times a day. You know, he was up and coming in the time where TikTok really took off and YouTube shorts now are really taking off. Uh, and he had all this footage that would make for fantastic shorts because Mike himself is actually a stand up comedian and has trained in improv. So, he's really great on camera and he uh, has a lot of funny stuff. But he just didn't have necessarily the skills himself or the time to really go through all the footage and pull out the clips uh, that would make for great shorts. And he's also looking to do new types of content as well. You know, he uh, could do longer form stuff as well and hasn't had the time or the resources to do that or the editor. So an editor and uh, some other resources will help with that as well. Uh, And then he's also looking to do some meetups with his folks as well. So all that together came to about $25,000 he was looking to raise. So we're very transparent about how we make money and how we're trying to help creators here. So our fee is a little less than 9%, 8.9%. So for Mike's fundraise of $25,000, that came out to about $2,442 here. So the big thing to note there with our fee is the creator doesn't pay that out of pocket upfront. Uh, that actually gets added to the amount of the fundraise. So that's why it's this weird number here and not just a flat $25,000. That's $27,442 that Mike was raising. And we only receive that if the creator succeeds. So everyone's incentives are aligned here. We're all working together to make sure this is a successful fundraise. So Mike had it open for about 21 days, as we talked about. And he was able to raise the full amount. In the end, he had over 70 investors from his own audience who invested. And when you look at those numbers, he had about 6,500 when he started. As we got into the fundraiser, it was about 7,500 or so. So it was about 1% of his folks ended up investing uh, to raise that $25,000, that $27,000, including our fees. So if you think about somebody who has a larger audience and uh, might be looking to raise that same amount, it's a very small percentage uh, of the folks who invest in your offering. So for example, if you're raising $50,000 and people invest, you know, $100 a piece, you would only need 500 members of your audience to invest. And if you're uh, somebody who has a YouTube channel with 50,000 subscribers or 500,000 subscribers, it's a very small percentage of your total folks who need to invest even with those small amounts. So Mike had this open for 21 days and we saw kind of his progress for the progress bar here. Uh, So obviously we just have the end result here. We're able to track it. And there's data on the back end that the creator saw as well, even in terms of the amounts coming in from different investors and what that looked like. And what we saw there is that the more the creator actually encouraged their folks to do this, uh, that's really when the investments came in. So Mike, you know, he'd mention it on a stream, not every single time, but many times on a stream, he'd mention it and remind folks. He'd pin the link to this teamhold.oversubscribe.co page for people to take a look. Uh, he actually made a longer form video that people could refer back to that gave all the information. Uh, and we noticed every time uh, he mentioned it or, or when he put up the video, we'd see people come in every time. So just like anything else in life, every time you mention it, remind people are busy. So they might not do it the first time. But every time you remind them and mention it, more and more people come in. And, you know, that's really the power here, the, the power of the relationship that the creator has with the audience. Mike was able to raise the full amount here. To your question, Jesse was open for 21 days. He was able to track it as it went in terms of what the the terms look like. uh, Something that's unique to our platform, which makes it more like Patreon versus kind of some of the other alternatives out there is that the creator can actually choose their own terms. Uh, So we work with them and give them financial projections um, and different choices about terms that they would want to choose. But uh, the creator knows their audience best. They know what kind of numbers will work for them. And again, we're not trying to make this a purely financial investment for the audience. As you can see here, Mike also offered some exclusive perks. Uh, He had an investor-only badge. He had an exclusive Discord channel. Mike has a Discord for his whole community. Even when we met him, of his 6,500 subscribers, there was 2,500 people in his Discord. So he made another smaller exclusive Discord channel uh, just for the investors here. Uh, He has a monthly happy hour. I think he's doing it on Zoom where he gives them updates on the business and where he answers their questions. And this is actually what a lot of people are excited about as well. This additional time they get with their friend Mike uh, in all these different ways. Again, this badge is unique. So forever going forward, they'll be a foundational investor for Mike and people will know that as well. And even when they get together, they'll have uh, their own event. So in addition to 13 and a half percent of revenue that Mike chose to share for three years across all his revenue as a creator, he also uh, offered these perks, which his fans loved as well. So Mike is one of our up-and-coming creators that we're working with. That's our product called CPO Accelerate, really for that emerging creator who might have, let's say, 10,000 to 300,000 subscribers on YouTube, depending on the type of content and depending on you know, what their level of engagement and community is with their own fans. But then we also have another product called CPO uh, Platinum. So that's really for your more established creators. So with our Accelerate product, you know that revenue share is across all your revenue as a creator. Uh, Because the money that goes in as this investment really helps you to build up your brand across all your different monetization streams. We don't know really where the bump's going to come in. So the investors who are contributing to that and really helping to make that happen should see a return across those efforts. So that's revenue that's shared across all the creator revenue. But also, these are the folks who really benefit most from and are most excited about our network of mentors that they can work with. On the flip side, the CPO Platinum product, that's really for a more established creator. So let's call it kind of that 300000 and up, again, depending on the amount of money they're making, how long they've been doing it, their amount of, uh, of engagement with their folks. And really, it was, for somebody like this, it doesn't make sense for them to share all the revenue that they're making because they've done all the work for these big monetization streams that they've already built up. But that doesn't uh, make a ton of sense to share all that revenue with an investor who just came into it now. Uh, but what this is for is really more for project-based financing. So if a creator is looking to do an entirely new form of content, maybe like a long-form video or a long-form movie that they're looking to do, or if they're looking to stand up a product, maybe like a sports drink they're looking to stand up uh, and they need some capital for that, or if they're looking to start a new business, this is a way for them uh, to finance that project from the support of their own fans in a way that might be a little better for them financially, but also builds more engagement with their own fans. So for example, uh, if this sports drink had, uh, I'm holding up a bottle of Prime for the audio listeners. Uh, so if KSI and Logan Paul had, instead of using money they had saved in the bank or bank loans, I'm not sure exactly how they financed it. But if instead they'd done a CPO platinum offering for their own fans to really invest in Prime, you know, those fans would be even more invested in the success of Prime, which already was crazy. I think we heard they were selling for $300 on eBay when it first launched. But not only would they support it with their own consumption, but the folks who are invested might be even bigger evangelists of that product, would want to succeed, succeed even more uh, because they're actual investors as well. So you know, there's ways for creators to finance new projects, new ways they're looking to grow, uh, not just as a creator, but as a business person or in their career through the CPO Platinum project-based financing, and only the revenues from that project would be shared back to the investors in that project. So you know, we have products here that can help all kinds of creators, uh, both the emerging creator, up-and-coming creator, but also the very established creator. This is the page on the CPO. Again, you can take a look at it yourself if you want to take a look, closer look at the details. Uh, the url here's uh it pulled up a longer one but teamhold.oversubscribe.co for mics and then here i just wanted to show you again that aip that audience interest poll i mentioned before this is a creator we're working right now named imani bell uh her name is lil chaos on her channel she is a gaming streamer uh, and she actually streams on facebook and imani's fantastic on camera she does fortnite and some other games here and she's also looking to raise money for some similar things like Mike. she wants to hire an editor uh, to improve the quality of her videos and do more short form stuff. Again, tons of footage as a streamer. Uh, she's looking to do uh, more long form stuff on YouTube uh, and do some more meetups with her folks as well. So on this AIP, she doesn't say how much she's raising or what the revenue share terms are for how many meetings. She just says, "I'm looking to do these things with you guys and for you guys. Do you want to support me in that?" And hey, I'm working with these people at Oversubscribe, where you know instead of money flowing one way. Uh, it's a real financial investment, and if I succeed, you succeed as well, and you'll receive a share of the revenues that I make uh, from these things that you're supporting. Are you interested? They just click on this. Uh, you can just say who you are as a yes, and it's not even required, but if you want to share with Amani how much you might invest, that helps her to plan uh, for CPO down the road. Uh, so just wanted to show you that as well because we mentioned that as well. So yeah, this is the really low-risk way for a creator to see if their folks are interested in supporting them in this way. And then as things move forward, it goes back to that CPO page uh, where it's. I
1: love the explanation. I appreciate it. It's also like really great to see. So if any of you guys are only listening on audio, just check out our YouTube. And, and, you know, if you're listening on Spotify, it's such a cool thing that Spotify actually just launched this year, which is that you can watch the video on Spotify, which is really, really cool. And. I've been enjoying kind of like seeing you click through all this to just really get a sense, like a feel for what the actual process is. I mean, this is a serious thing. Like we're talking about like, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, if not more than that. And I sort of want to see what the process is and it looks really great. I also think it's important to think from you know, consumer, like the fan, the follower, subscriber, whatever you want to call it from their perspective, like what did they see and how does it feel to them? Because you want to make sure that they feel comfortable with it. Not just even comfortable. I think the value prop of this is getting them excited because they're not just supporting you. I think that like, that's the thing that keeps sticking in my head. It's support amplified because you're also getting something in exchange for it. I've worked on the like the PTA of my kids school, right? And so I've been at the forefront of fundraising. And it feels to me so difficult to do. Why? Because it feels like I'm begging for money. And I think that like this sounds so appealing and attractive because it's not just begging for money. Like you succeed They will get a cut of that. So it's like very mutually beneficial, more equally weighted. And I think that that's really new. And then I appreciate also that you brought up before about like it's not crypto based. It's not Web3 based because this concept isn't necessarily new. I'm most familiar. I think I'm exclusively familiar with it from like the Web3 lens. And I feel like that just adds like a whole other level of complexity to it that people might feel uncomfortable. Like if they want to invest in your business, but they're not comfortable with crypto, like that shouldn't be the barrier to entry because you'll lose a ton of people simply because they're like, ooh, crypto that to me immediately equals scam, which I don't think it does. But that's a conversation for a whole other time. But the point being is that like you don't have that level in this and which I think is again, like. You want the barrier to entry to be low. You want people to feel comfortable with it, and not just comfortable, but like actually excited to invest, to understand it. One of my final questions too, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you this. I wanna know if you can give us any exclusive preview for like what's on your roadmap and what's upcoming.
0: Sure, I mean, two exciting things I could talk about. One, we've actually brought on a couple more mentors just recently who we think are really exciting folks. I can't really share their names right now quite yet, but I will say uh, they're very well known in the YouTube world. Uh, One of them actually kind of ran an account for YouTube that was uh, very creator-facing and uh, is very well known to a certain generation of creators. Uh, We're excited to be working with them to help our creators to succeed. Another one of them just recently was featured by YouTube um, and worked together with one of uh, YouTube's creator-facing accounts to really help creators do certain things. So these are folks who are deeply kind of embedded in both shorts and uh, long form video who can really help our creators who are on YouTube or who are doing other forms of content on Instagram or TikTok or wherever they might be, uh, make that transition to YouTube, which in the end we're finding is where everybody wants to be longer term just because the monetization is so good on YouTube uh, because you know it's a stable platform because there's not concerns kind of in other fronts beyond the content there. So we've uh, really beefed up our YouTube side of things. Uh, We brought on these folks who can really help our creators to really succeed there and really uh, give them a boost as they look to grow there. The second thing I can really share with you here is we are standing up a program now. Uh, We've had it, but we're really kind of boosting it more now, even now. And it's perfect timing in terms of our conversation with you. We have something where we have a a very exclusive program for managers. Because as I was saying before here earlier, as we've worked with uh, creators, we found that for the creators who have managers, both the manager and the creator and us, we find it to be a deeper conversation that we're able to have with them, but also much more efficient. Because with many of the creators we work with, you know, we spend time walking them through all the concepts, the financial related concepts, business related concepts, and we're always happy to do that. Uh, we have material prepared for them where we can walk them through all that. What we found in speaking with a manager, uh, they get what we're doing much more quickly. They understand the needs because they see it across more people and then they can uh, bring that to their client, to their creator. And then because they have that trusted relationship, the creator will buy into it based on that recommendation in many, many cases. Uh, So we love working with managers. We love speaking with them, just getting their input even on what we're doing. So we wanted to make a special program uh, for managers uh, to feel excited about working with us. So we started something we called our Early Agency Program, our EAP, where managers who come to us, particularly through this here today, uh, we have a special offer where we would give them a percentage of our fee, just to uh, get them more excited about uh, working with us and make it worth their while to speak with us uh, when we go through that CPO, but also any of their clients they bring to us, they would get kicked up to the uh, top of our waiting list here. So we're very excited to be able to talk about that here, just given uh, the community you've built here, Jesse, that both with managers uh, in particular, the agencies they work with, that we can offer a special program uh, for them, uh, where we can really accelerate their clients through this process and also make it Uh, there's incentives for the agencies as well. So very excited to talk about that here. I'm sure we can share more details with the full community when we get the chance here. Uh, But anybody who uh, reaches out to us, you can email me personally. My email address is p at oversubscribe.co, or you can also just email info at oversubscribe.co. If you just mentioned that you're with an agency or you're a manager and you heard about uh, this new program we're rolling out through WIMP, uh, we're happy to get you into that program and move your client to the top of
1: love the list. a good sort of exclusive offer for our community. And I know our members do too. Yes. So we appreciate that very much. And I'm excited for them to reach out. So you guys, I'm going to list all of their social, their website, the whole nine in our show notes. So take a peek there. I'll reiterate Peter's email address and all that. It'll be there. So you won't miss it. I highly encourage you guys to check out Oversubscribe. It is sort of, in my opinion, the answer that a lot of people have been looking for. Brand partnerships aren't always gonna be there. Brand partnerships always aren't going to increase year over year. And I just think it's also so smart to diversify your eggs, put them in multiple baskets. And also it's like such a powerful give back to your community like your community might be really stoked to do something like exactly. this so give them what they're looking for Peter thank you so so much for joining today it's been such a pleasure like getting to know you a little bit better and also of course like seeing all the cool stuff that you're doing over at over subscribe we will be keeping a close eye on all of your success and thank you so much for being here
0: yeah. Thank you so much, Jesse. I mean, it was it was fantastic being on here. We're also so excited to see what you've built and what you're doing with WIM and the community you've built there. So excited to be here and excited to get to know that community better. And thanks for having us on.
1: All right. And thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you next time.